Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Today we're talking about you. We're talking about the leader and our capacity as youth pastors and personal growth potential. And we're joined by no stranger to Rush Student Conference, Pastor Michael Enzi. We love the Enzi family and Pastor Enzi takes us through six elements of personal growth potential. Looking at the leader's life, we're talking about spiritual health, mental health, emotional health, physical health, relational health, and financial health. And he takes us through these six elements of personal growth potential, the sum of which equals our personal capacity. Such a great episode powerful insight, things that you can take away and apply right now. So I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to revisit this episode. If you're in the car, take notes later. This is going to help you a lot. Be the healthiest leader with the highest capacity that you have potential for. Let's dive right in with Michael Enzi. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Michael Enzi from Heath, Ohio. He is an amazing leader, and uh, for the sake of the topic today, I will tell you, if you don't know this already, he's a very high-capacity leader. Uh, Pastor Enzi, it's an honor to have you on the podcast with us to talk to our youth pastors and leaders on the topic of capacity And before we dive in, uh, why don't you help our audience get to know you a little better, what's going on in life, family, and ministry. Thank you, Brother Preston. It is an honor to be part of your podcast today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for lending your voice and experience uh, to youth ministry culture, shaping that and influencing youth ministry today. Just appreciate what you're doing uh, locally and beyond. Uh, It is a privilege to be part of your podcast. Uh, My name is Michael Lindsay, pastor of Christian Life Center, Heath, Ohio, a tremendous revival church. Thank God for for all that the Lord's doing in our church and community right now. I'm blessed to be married to Rebecca, and today happens to be our 21st anniversary. So I have to give a little shout out to my wife. Anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm blessed with three amazing kids. Uh, Lincoln, our oldest, is, is going to be 16 in a couple of weeks. Grant's 13. Avery is 10. So two boys and one little princess that God has blessed us with. And I'm just thankful. They love God. They love the church. They love truth. And they love youth ministry. And as a parent, I'm so thankful for great youth ministry in our local church and in our district and in our movement in the United Pentecostal Church. Just thankful for the investment that takes place week in, week out, youth leaders, youth uh, pastors, and youth teams that are carrying that burden with passion and with excellence uh, ministering to our youth. So I give a shout out today to every youth pastor, youth leader, youth team member. Thank you for doing what you do. We recognize that Uh, You have a lot of responsibility. Uh, We have very few full-time youth pastors. Most are going to be bivocational uh, with responsibilities at secular employment, responsibilities in the church, in the home, marriage, family, Mm -hmm. as a parent, and other church responsibilities. And so thank you for carrying that that burden for youth ministry. 
So awesome. Yeah, we love the Enzi family, and I, uh, I echo your shout-out to the youth pastors and all that they do, and probably the extra hats that they put on uh, during quarantine ministry, I'm sure. Uh, Pastor Enzi, we're going to just let you guide us through this very important topic of capacity today. And uh, to start us off, uh, can you just break down what this term uh, capacity even means and, and why it's important for us to, um, as youth pastors and ministry leaders, to really look into and, and evaluate? Absolutely. I love talking about this topic and for about a year now, it really has consumed me. And I'll give a little insight into why, what was the genesis for what I feel like has been a personal journey of trying to discover what capacity is and trying to increase it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think just starting out, I, I wanna speak to just the current culture, the day in which we live, which is so unique. What a day to be alive. It, it's really incredible the things that are happening right now. Um, we, we are seeing a, a dramatic shift in culture in a very short time. Uh, we were seeing this, uh, incredible, uh, you can just, you can feel it, sense it culturally, socially, spiritually, uh, so much is happening right now. And it's, it's very obvious within our North American culture, especially that we are becoming increasingly secular, increasingly humanistic and mm -hmm. There, there really seems to be a, a strong push. We're, we're seeing some of this with the uh, cancel culture kind of movement and eliminating our history and our, our past completely, uh, trying to forget the past uh, in some ways, uh, which I think is, is a dangerous move uh, because if we, we forget our past, we're going to tend to repeat mistakes we've made in our past. And so in this, in this culture that we're in, increasingly secular and humanistic, I think there is an attempt to eliminate the influence of God within our North American culture. We see that happening socially. Uh, we, we see that happening right now in our government. Uh, we've seen it in our schools for many years, but there is definitely this attempt to eliminate the influence of God when it comes to our, our greater culture at large. And so I think the church, we have to do everything that we can to make sure that we are increasing our capacity for the influence of God in our lives and through us as the church. Wow. And I believe there's some things that we can do in, in a very practical way. So the bottom line is this, that we have as much God in our lives as we want. God is not withholding himself by any measure. I believe that we have as much of the influence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in our lives as we want. Mm. Discovered this, just basic human nature, that people typically will do what they want to do. If they desire to do something, they'll do it. And if you really desire to have more God in your life, you will do whatever it takes to achieve that. And so that's the personal challenge just right at the outset today. We're going to have as much influence of the Spirit and the Word in our lives as we want and our actions will demonstrate how much we desire having that influence. So I was having a conversation with Stan Gleason last year, the assistant general super, superintendent of the United Pentecostal church, pastor of the life church in Kansas city, tremendous leader. And in this conversation, 
he mentioned to me after 30 years of pastoring and 40 plus years of ministry that he came to this conclusion that at the end of his life in ministry, the sum result of his influence and impact in individual lives and the kingdom of God is going to be the result of his individual leadership capacity, mm-hmm. that capacity that he has yielded to God in service to the kingdom in order to fulfill the personal potential that God has given him. And so as he was communicating this to me, I, I left that conversation. It was late in the evening after a service we had had and left that conversation, went home and was really consumed by this concept of capacity. I started asking myself this question, what is capacity? How do I increase it? How do I fulfill my personal potential as it relates to my capacity? Because I believe increased capacity equals increased effectiveness and increased impact in the kingdom of God. So I want to just start with a scriptural context to give us a foundation to build on today. Isaiah chapter 54, verse number two. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. So we have a prophetic word that goes forth here in Isaiah 54. Hmm. It is a promise from God, but it's, it's also a commandment with a conditional promise. So the, the first part of this chapter, verse number one, talks about the barren singing and uh, the children of the desolate bringing forth children. And then it concludes with this increasing of capacity, spreading abroad to the right and the left, offspring possessing the nations. But if you'll notice in verse number two, this promise, this prophecy has this condition. The responsibility is placed upon the hearer. You enlarge the place of your tent. You let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. You don't hold back. You lengthen your cords. You strengthen your stakes. Then this prophesied promise will come to pass. And so This claiming of new territory is our responsibility. The fulfillment of the prophecy is God's responsibility. And so this this passage of scripture was a theme for myself and our church this last year. And so as Brother Gleason shared this kind of this concept with me about personal capacity and eventual uh, potential, the sum of our influence in our lives, I was reminded of this passage because I'd been studying it, consumed by it at the beginning of last year. So the, the claiming of this new territory is going to be the result of digging deeper, strengthening our stakes, and reaching further, lengthening the cords. Mm. That is a personal responsibility that we have. God will then fulfill his prophesied promise that he has given us. Mm. So as I started to pray about capacity, I felt like the Lord led me to 2 Kings chapter number 4. I won't read through that entire passage, but I encourage you to take some time to read through 2 Kings chapter 4 and to consider the elements of the miraculous miracle that took place, this widow woman who has a financial need that she cannot meet. She has two sons. Creditors are going to take those sons as slaves if she cannot meet their demands. Her husband has just passed away, a man of God, God God-fearing man. And apparently she's probably still pretty young because she still has two sons at home. And 
The prophet asked her this question, what do you have in your house? And initially her response was nothing. I think that's kind of human nature. We respond, oh, I don't have much. I don't have what I need. But then she said, well, I do have a cruise of oil. He said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Send your sons out into the neighborhood, friends, family, everybody that you can talk to. Have them get vessels and bring them into your house and begin to pour that oil into those vessels. And so they, they do that and they bring those vessels and she starts to pour that oil, oil. And as they pour the oil into the vessels, the miracle of provision takes place and they continue. That oil is multiplied. Just a miraculous thing takes place. And the, the principle that I feel like God spoke to me as I began to read through this unique miracle of increased capacity is that capacity is our responsibility. Just as we saw in the passage in Isaiah chapter 54, increasing capacity is our responsibility. The miracle is God's. And so uh, this, this concept began to take shape and form for me. I, I began to, to feel like God was giving me some framework to, to build upon. That capacity is our responsibility. And so I started to pray, to study, to seek God. And I felt like the Lord... Uh, spoke to me about six particular areas in my life that I could increase capacity. And I've, I've been sharing this with others and feel like God gave me a, a framework to work within. Uh, I've, I've called these, these areas personal growth potential. And really, I believe that the, the sum of these six elements of our growth potential equal our personal capacity. And if we can get a hold of these areas uh, and, and understand that intentional behavior in these areas and increasing our capacity in these areas, when they are all working together, these six elements of our lives, they will move us toward our, our calling, greater, greater fulfillment and purpose in the kingdom of God. I'll tell you this for the Preston, one of the, one of the most painful challenging, frustrating, disappointing things as a pastor is to see somebody with high potential, but low capacity. Mm, yeah. It, it's so, it, it's so tough to see somebody that could be so much more than they are. Mm. And yet because of their decisions in low capacity, they'll never be able to reach that potential that God has given them. I think there's this relationship between capacity and potential. Potential to me is this unknown beyond me destination somewhere. Mm. Even today, 42 years of age, been in ministry over 20 years. God's blessed me with the opportunity to do some, some things in the kingdom. I, I feel very fortunate to have worked in uh, youth ministry for 20 years, worked in the general youth division. Now UPCI youth ministries, part of a great church, great, tremendous team that God's blessed me with, tremendous wife who is a teammate in ministry with me. But I don't know what the, the limitations or limits of my potential are. I don't know what that exact end destination is, but I believe by intentional behavior every day, I can increase my capacity so that hopefully at the end of my life, when it's all said and done, I can say that I reached my potential and I fulfilled the calling, the purpose that God had for me. So I hope that, that through the course of talking about these six elements today, and I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights of 
these six areas that uh, in, in your own life, that as you're listening today, that you will make application and do some personal introspection and evaluation. Because if there's any one of these six areas that is deficient, if there's any one of these areas that is really lacking, I believe whatever that area is and that lack in that one area becomes kind of like the, the lowest common denominator that every other area in your life is going to be limited by the capacity of that one area that's not working together wow. in order to move you toward the fulfillment of your potential. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we, that we evaluate these and that we take some time uh, to have some personal introspection. So I'll, I'll give you these six areas quickly and then I'll come back and we'll kind of hit uh, the, uh, these elements in a little bit more depth. And, I, and I'll tell you, awesome. Preston, these six areas, it's kind of interesting to me because these are, are things that I have, I have prayed through these areas for many, many years. Uh, I make it a practice every day to pray through the Lord's prayer. And uh, it's something that is just kind of my framework for opening my day and praying. And I think the Lord gave us a pattern and I think it's powerful to pray through those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I would pray through the Lord's prayer, and I would get to the part of, you know, Lord, give us this day our daily bread or essentially meet the need of this day. I would take some time at that point in the middle of the prayer to pray through these areas. Mm-hmm. And they are the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, the physical, relational and financial. And so as I was praying about the various needs in my life, I would pray through these six areas. Okay, God, what spiritual battles may be happening? What what mental challenges am I facing today and decisions I'm I'm dealing with? What emotional needs do I have or emotional weight or burdens am I carrying? What physical needs do I have? Uh, What relational issues am I dealing with and do I need to invest in today? And then what financial challenges am I facing? And so I I would pray through to those areas. But as I started to formulate this concept of capacity. I feel like the Lord through these passages of scripture that I read began to turn this concept around for me to understand that I need to do a lot more intentional action when it comes to these six areas, rather than just praying about them. Mm. I can't make my problem problem. So I, I needed to, yes, it's important to pray over and for these areas, but it's just as important that my actions and my behavior are contributing to increased capacity in each of these areas. So uh, we'll just kind of launch out into these and take some time to talk about each of these six elements. The spiritual is number one, because that has to be the foundation for everything that we do. If we're not right with God, nothing else ultimately is gonna matter. If our spiritual man is not being fed daily, because whatever we feed, will live. Whatever we starve is going to die. And so it's important that we consider what am I feeding? And uh, carnality is probably the, the greatest challenge that any of us deal with. And certainly those that are in youth ministry, dealing with carnality is the, the greatest challenge you're going to face in your, your youth ministry. If you can, if you can conquer carnality, 
And, and we understand that that's a daily battle. We have to die daily. There's a reason that Paul said that. But if we can strengthen the spirit, man, where we keep carnality under control, especially in the context of youth ministry, then we understand we can have a revival youth group. We can have a youth group where young people are being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and Bible studies are being taught and uh, healing is taking place. Miracles are taking place in our youth ministry. The gifts of the spirit are, are operating. That's not going to happen if carnality is rampant in our own lives mm. and in the lives of our young people. And so when it comes to the spiritual element, this is about conquering carnality. And it starts with our, our personal daily devotion every time, every day, spending time with God, prayer, fasting, Bible reading, digging into the word of God. These things are not optional. Those elements are, are, are not uh, something that we can just kind of pick and choose this day, that day. Am I going to spend time with God? We will never be able to lead people beyond the level of our own spirituality. You can't take people where you haven't been. And so if we're going to have spiritual youth groups, we've got to be spiritual leaders. Mm. We've got to increase our capacity in this area. And, and think about this. I, th th this is a, a concept has become so real for me that every moment I spend in prayer, I'm increasing capacity. Wow. Every moment, every time that I, I fast a meal, a day, a week, whatever it is, though I'm increasing capacity because I'm, I'm conquering carnality. And so I'm increasing my spiritual capacity. Submission is a huge element when it comes to this, this spiritual element of capacity in the spiritual authority because you will never have authority unless you are submitted to authority. And so when it comes to spiritual, the spiritual element, the greater the submission is in our lives, the greater the capacity is in our lives when it comes to the spiritual man. Mm. And so submission, commitment, obedience, faithfulness. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how much money you have. I, I don't care uh, how good you can sing or even how good you can preach. If you are not faithful and you are limiting your capacity, wow. you, you've got to give your pastor every reason possible to use you as much as he can mm. to, to give you as much authority as he can, but it's going to come down to faithfulness. It's going to come down to your commitment and submission to spiritual authority. These are ways that you can increase your spiritual capacity. Mm. Such an important element. It's the, it's the foundation. And you know, all of these areas will influence the others, but this, the spiritual element has greater influence and impact in, in each of the other areas probably than any other single element. So that is the spiritual man. And investing in our, our spiritual life, personal daily devotion is the most important way that we increase that capacity. Mm. The mental element, as a man thinks, so is he. Your thought life will ultimately determine your behavior because right thoughts precede right actions. Wrong thoughts precede wrong actions. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? So we can fulfill the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So transformation happens through a renewed mind so that we can then act out through our behavior, the transformation that is happening within us. So uh, the, the apostle Paul talks about strongholds in second Corinthians chapter 10. 
And it's interesting. These are strongholds of the mind. He doesn't deal with strongholds of the spirit or the flesh, but he, he deals with strongholds of the mind. He talks about imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about increasing our mental capacity, we have to deal with strongholds of the mind that become limiting factors in our lives. Strongholds are lies, either about ourselves or about God or about others that we have believed. Lies that we tell ourselves or lies that we are putting our faith in. And those, those strongholds become capacity limiting factors. So we have to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. That's how we break down strongholds that we deal with. When it comes to our mindset, when it comes to our thoughts, the voices that we listen to, who we spend time with, and the media that we consume will ultimately determine that mental capacity. Mm. Who are you listening to? What what friends are you spending a majority of your time with? What books are you reading? Hopefully you are reading. Leaders are readers. And if, if reading is not your thing, get an audio book, do something. Uh, because you have to be reading. This is another way of increasing mental capacity Mm. is through reading, through studying. You're increasing mental capacity. I am currently attending Urshan Graduate School of Theology, pursuing my master's degree in theology. Uh, I've had members of my church ask me, Pastor, why why are you doing this? You know you have the job, right? master's degree to keep the job. You, you, you're pastor. You can stay pastor. You don't have to do this. You know what I tell them? I'm trying to increase my capacity. I want to increase my mental capacity. I want to stretch myself. I'm reading things that I would never have read if I wasn't in college right now. I am studying things I never would have studied before on my own. So I needed a forced discipline of study. Mm. I needed a forced discipline of reading things. I needed that deadline. I needed that professor to say, here is when you have to do this to force me because not all of us are just disciplined enough to just every day maintain this focus on increasing capacity. So sometimes we have to create a forced scenario that will move us toward the fulfillment of greater capacity, increasing our capacity. So reading and what you're reading, what you're consuming and the media that you're consuming, you know, is it just mindless videos on YouTube that are decreasing? I mean, brain cells are dying. As, as you're watching, you know, some of this content and whatever Hollywood is putting out. And I, I, I think there is wholesome entertainment that we can consume. And, and yes, uh, when it comes to our mental and emotional health, uh, we, we do need to have those stress relievers and we need to have things that we can do that uh, are, you know, not always ministry and, you know, consumed with work and all those things. I, I understand that. But Bottom line is, what what are you consuming on a daily, consistent basis? And and there's so much content that is good and positive and so many resources that are available right now, Bible programs that we have today that they didn't have 20, 30 years ago. So many resources that are available, all the video resources. Right now, we're having this podcast on Zoom, and maybe you're consuming the audio on some some other platform, things that are available to us right now that we've never had available before. And so 
I think it's so, so important that we are intentional in this area, that we are increasing our mental capacity. This has to do with the content that we're consuming, reading, studying, uh, increasing our mental capacity. Uh, Philippians chapter four, verse eight, talks to us about the things that we are mentally focused on, things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and a good report if there's any virtue, if there's any praise. Think on these things. Mm-hmm. By focusing on these things, you are increasing your capacity. If you want to focus on all the negativity that's happening right now, if you want to focus on every conspiracy theory that is out there right now, it, you can be consumed by those things, but you are going to limit your, your overall capacity by mentally being distracted by all of the stuff that's happening instead of increasing capacity through the right focus, listening to the right voices, consuming the right things. So mental, this mental element is so important when it comes to uh, the fulfillment of our, our personal capacity and increasing that capacity. So good. Let's talk about the emotional. Uh, this is probably one of the more challenging areas. We are emotional beings. Uh, I, I do not believe that women are more emotional than men. I think that is a myth. I think that women reveal their emotional emotions in different ways than men do. We tend to hide our emotions for the most part. We, we, all emotional beings and every person in some way is going to express those emotions. And so it's important that we are being intentional when it comes to our emotional health. Mm. This, this is an important topic today. And I want to, I I want to tell every person that is listening and, and viewing this right now, that it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to say I need help. It is okay to say I don't have the answer. It is okay. In fact, it is absolutely critical that you are honest with those who are closest to you about your emotions Mm. and about your emotional health. That if you are struggling in any way when it comes to your emotions and your, your emotional health that you've got to talk to your spouse you have to talk to your pastor you have to reach out to somebody we are emotional beings and we all deal with the ups and downs of lives of life yes we want to minimize you know we don't want to be on the roller coaster of extremes we want to try to, to minimize some of those extremes but it's natural it's normal uh, to to deal with emotional challenges the key is being honest about your emotions. Transparency, honesty, accountability are so critical when it comes to our emotional health. And uh, it's okay if, if you need to talk to a counselor. It's okay if, if you need help in your marriage. Guess what? Every marriage deals with challenges. Every marriage, because you're dealing with people who are emotional and who are not perfect there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. Uh, there's, they're the only, uh, the closest thing to a 
perfect marriage, a strong marriage is a marriage where there is good communication and honesty about our feelings and our emotions and things that we're dealing with. That's a strong marriage. And so uh, it, it's critical that we're honest when it comes to this area, the emotional element. And then I think there's a couple of, of ways that we can practically pursue emotional health. Number one, the fruit of the spirit. God God gives us the elements of spiritual and emotional health through the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And you can't have the fruit of the Spirit unless you have the Spirit at work in your life every day. And so this ties back to that, that spiritual element. We need the Holy Spirit of God working in us in order to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, I mean, these are elements of, of emotional health. And so uh, having the spirit at work in us consistently is an important part of our emotional health and this emotional element being at, at the greatest and highest capacity possible. So how do you increase emotional capacity? I'll tell you a couple of things that I think are so critical. Learning how to say, I forgive you, and learning how to say I'm sorry. That's good. These now now these are going to tie into the relational element, but when it comes to our emotions, so many of our deep emotional issues and challenges are tied to relationship issues. Some failed relationship or relationship challenges. But being able to say I'm sorry and I forgive you are two of the greatest capacity increasing behaviors that you can have when it comes to the emotional element. So, so important. Just not, not living in the past. I, I believe that the past is important. I started off saying we, we can't completely eliminate our history and our past. We need to learn from that. Mm. There, there should be some memorials in our past that we look back to we can look back to the past and we can learn from the past, but we cannot live in the past. Mm. And people who live in the past live with regret, feel like, you know, so many missed opportunities live with, with tremendous emotional challenges, guilt, condemnation. You have to be able to give that to God, trust God with the past and move forward toward the potential that God has for you. When it, when it comes to, to our emotions and this emotional element, it's also important that we consistently engage in stress-relieving activities. Hmm. We're, we're about to talk about the physical. And, and again, there's so many interconnected parts to these. But, but you've, you've got to know what adds stress to your life and what takes away stress. Hmm. What adds virtue and what takes virtue out of you. You have to know what those elements are and those activities and behaviors and even people. There are some people that you finish talking with them and you feel just revived. You, you feel, you know, encouraged. There are other people that you talk to and you feel drained and you feel empty. You have to know who is going to add virtue into your life. Who's going to take it out. Who, who is going to increase your emotional health and, and who is, is going to challenge that. And so whether it's people or activities, we've got to be aware of those things. And, and you cannot, some, some of this, it's just so 
physiological, the, the elements that are at work and um, the, the, the endorphins of the brain, the chemicals of the body and uh, the, the stress inducing activities. You, you can only go so long living at this high level of stress until you've got to have a break. And, and you've got to deal with your emotional health and you've got to do some stress relieving activities so that you can physically and emotionally be able to stay healthy. And these, these are capacity increase, increasing issues. We can't live at what, what I would call a level of max capacity every single day. It's not realistic to live there. I think we have to create margins in our lives. As we are striving to fulfill potential and increase capacity, we've got to maintain certain margins. Mm. One, one book that I would recommend to everybody is uh, a book by Brady Boyd, Addicted to Busy. And it talks about the necessity of the Sabbath. God created the Sabbath. He established the principle of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is about having margins in our life. And especially when it comes to this you know, emotional level that we've, we've got to make sure that we are maintaining some margins that when the crisis comes, we're not already maxed out. Mm-hmm. If, if we're living at this level of just max capacity every day, and then a crisis hits, we have no margin to be able to respond and deal with that. But if we're, we're creating a margin in our lives emotionally, then when crisis hits, when stress does increase, we've got, we've got a place for that stress to go and we're able to respond appropriately, even in times of high stress. So got to have emotional health. Let's talk about the physical and I'll move a little quicker through these last three. The physical is pretty obvious. Our body is the temple of the Holy ghost. So we've talked about spiritual, mental, emotional, but what you say and what you do our behavior is going to be the outflow of our spirit life, our thoughts and our emotions. So our actions are a physical visible representation of our value system. It's not what we say we believe. It's not what we say we value, but our actions. So what we do in this body, physical actions, what we say, what we do, it matters. And so when it comes to uh, this area, of the physical uh, element when it comes to increasing capacity. Number one, just know this, that your actions matter. And we, we must be people of action. It's not all you know, just about the spirit man, our thoughts and our emotions. We actually have to do something to fulfill potential. And so our actions matter. Be a person of action. Don't be, just be a person of good intentions. Good intentions have never accomplished anything. <laughs> High potential has never accomplished anything. Again, if you have high potential, but low capacity through your actions, you'll never get there. Mm -hmm. So good intentions are not enough and great potential is not enough. We increase capacity through what we do. uh, A friend of mine was, uh, we were at an event together one time. I was training for a marathon and I was getting up early the next morning to run. Talking about getting up at like 5 a.m. to go run. 10 or 12 miles. So he was getting into running and he, he made this statement to me that night. It was late at night. In fact, I think we were at a restaurant about midnight and I'm getting up at 5 a.m. the next morning to go run 10 plus miles. And so he said, you know what? If feel like it, 
I'll, I'll, I'll get up in the morning and run. I'll just kind of see how I feel in the morning. Well, guess what? I could tell him right then how he's going to feel. We're at Waffle House at midnight. <laughs> You're not going to feel like running at 5 a.m. Right. It ain't going to happen. You'll never, nobody ever feels like it. Nobody ever wants to. So at some point, you just have to act. Mm. You have to do what you know is right, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on. And so this, this area, the physical is so important because action is so important when it comes to the increased capacity. And, and then there's another element to this, though, that I want to just emphasize. And this is just your physical health. If you have everything in order when it comes to your spirit man and your mind and your emotions, but you're not physically healthy, if you're not making good decisions, I understand there are some physical needs that are beyond our control. I understand there are things that happen that we didn't ask for, didn't deserve, and didn't do anything uh, in order to have that physical challenge. But are you making good decisions when it comes to your physical capacity? Are, are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you getting proper rest? Those are just the basics. Those are the foundations. If you're only sleeping three or four hours a week and three or four hours a night, and uh, hopefully not a week, but three or four <laughs> hours a, a night, and, and you're, you're not getting good rest, your body's going to break down. You're going to be sick all the time. If, if there's other reasons and factors that are contributing to a lack of rest, if you're not staying active, you, you've got to do something. Find some way to stay active, get rest, eat well. These elements are important. It's the foundation for good physical health. And, and again, you can have the greatest potential in the world, the greatest anointing and greatest ministry in the world. But if you're physically ill because you're not making good decisions, then you'll never, never fulfill that potential. You're decreasing your capacity. Wow. So good. When it comes to the relational, life moves at the speed of relationships. We are all in the people business. An executive of Starbucks wrote, wrote a book titled, It's Not About the Coffee. He said, we are not in the coffee business serving people. We are in the people business serving coffee. Mm-hmm. So true in every area of life. Everybody is in the people business. And your ability to develop and maintain good relationships is going to determine ultimately your capacity and the fulfillment of your potential. Because again, you, you may be the greatest preacher, the greatest singer, the greatest organizer and administrator, but if you don't know how to communicate to people, if you don't know how to handle difficult people, if you don't know how to develop and maintain good relationships that where you can inspire others around you to join in with your vision and your passion, and then you are limiting your capacity. Life moves at the speed of relationships, and it starts with relationship with God, relationship with your spouse, relationship with your kids, your family. That's, that's got to be number one. Your relationship with your pastor, your relationship with your team, with your uh, local church congregation, those at work, those in your community. Every level and layer of relationship uh, element in your life, it's so absolutely critical that you know how to maintain those proper relationships. If you want to have friends, the Bible said, show yourself friendly. Mm. I think Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 gives us the key to right relationships, strong relationships. Be kind, be tenderhearted, and forgive. Mm. Be kind, 
be tenderhearted and forgive. I heard somebody make this statement one time, be more kind than you think is necessary to every person that you meet because everybody is in a battle in some area of their life. Everybody is dealing with some kind of challenge. Kindness, compassion, and then forgiving others. Again, going back to that emotional element, but this, this has everything to do with relationships, that just basic common human decency, kindness, compassion for people. We, we tend to judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. And so that, that compassion for people is so important, so necessary uh, that we, we aren't holding other people to a higher standard than, than we're holding ourselves. Mm. And that we uh, demonstrate compassion in our relationships. Final, final element we'll talk about is the financial. And this is obviously a very practical element. We, we've talked about these, these other areas, and spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational. Uh, there's a lot of different elements and dynamics that are, that are related to those things. Financial is very practical, and yet the financial has such a tremendous spiritual impact. Mm. Because if you're not faithful to God in your finances, then it is always a reflection of some other spiritual issue that's going on and typically a lack of submission to spiritual authority when we are not faithful in our finances. So let's talk about this. When it comes to faithfulness to God, that's one element. Paying our tithes and and not, not, not paying our tithes, not to say returning our tithes. Uh, because our, our tithes and our offerings are not an invoice that we pay to the church every week or every month, but we are returning our tithes and returning our offering to the Lord uh, because everything's from him. He gives us a hundred percent. We return 10% plus offerings back to him. Mm-hmm. So being faithful to God and not trying to negotiate with God when it comes to this area of financial responsibility, somebody who is trying to, to decipher, well, do I need to pay tithes on this? Do I, do I need to, what about this? I, I tend to find people who are questioning paying tithes and trying to, to figure out you know, and, and negotiate those areas typically are not being very faithful in that area. There's some issue there. So uh, being faithful when it comes to our tithes and our offerings is so, that's just base, bottom line. I, I know I could probably assume that everybody knows that, but I don't want to assume anything. That if somebody is struggling in this area. Uh, I, I thought it was so interesting at Sister Mooney's funeral here just a couple of weeks ago that several people commented that when they would come to Sister Mooney and that they would talk to her about issues and challenges and things they were dealing with in their life, that the first question she would ask them is, are you being faithful when it comes to your tithing? Mm. How telling is that? That so many other areas of life, uh, become an issue when we're not faithful in that issue, in, in that with that element of our tithes and our offerings. Jesus talked more about money and possessions and the things of this world than really any other topic when it came to his his parables, because wow. it is such an important spiritual issue when we're not faithful in our tithes and our offerings. The other side of this is just practicing fiscal responsibility. God is not going to bless your mess. God's not going to bless your finances or any other area of your life. 
life. If you're not being fiscally running up credit card debt, and I, I understand things happen. I understand life challenges come. My wife and I, we found ourselves uh, earlier on in our marriage. We had just purchased our first home. We had our first child all within the same year. And at the end of that year, we found ourselves in debt, credit card debt. We had $20,000 in credit card debt. And I think something about the $20,000 number when I realized that, and I was, you know, transferring balances from one card to another, I'm, you know, zero balance on this transfer for 12 months and I'm shifting it around and just kept putting off, putting off, trying, you know, having to deal with it. Finally had this awakening. Okay. I have got to deal with this. Mm. And so we got serious. We got very serious. And in 20 months, we paid off the $20,000 of credit card debt. Wow. $1,000 a month commitment that we made. We, we just got real and got serious and we cut everything that we could. We did some of the Dave Ramsey uh, principles, debt snowball, all of that. And so we, we got our finances in order. And there were ministry opportunities and doors that God opened that I don't know if we would have been able, certainly not prepared to walk through later on if we had not dealt with that debt. Don't allow poor fiscal decisions to become a capacity limiting factor in your life. If you have so much debt that you're having to get a second or third job in order to try to pay off the credit cards, in order to deal with you know, you're spending more than is coming in every month, you're limiting your capacity. You don't even have time, much less mental space because of the stress that is induced with financial issues. You, you are limiting your capacity when it comes to fulfilling the purpose and the potential that God has destined for you. So be faithful to God. Be faithful uh, to the kingdom of God. Invest in the kingdom of God. The principle of sacrificial giving is something that is so powerful. I, I don't have time to go into too into too in depth here, but the power of sacrificial giving opens the door to God's miraculous provision in your life. You can give your way out of debt. I really believe that. You've got to be fiscally responsible, make all the cuts you can. But I, I have seen people who have sacrificially invested in the kingdom of God and have given their way out of debt because they were faithful to God. They were sacrificial in their giving and God blessed them. You can't outgive God. It's about serving God with an open hand that when, when you serve God with an open hand, then your hand is open to receive blessing and provision from God, but it's also open for that blessing and provision to flow through your life. And as long as you serve God with an open hand, he'll continue to pour blessing into your life because he knows he can trust you. You're not trying to hold on to it. You're not consumed by greed and just trying to consume everything for yourself and your family, but you're serving with an open hand. That way God can pass blessing through your life. And as long as you're a giver, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because the giver is blessed when he receives and also blessed when he gives. That's why it's more blessed because you're doubly blessed as a giver because you will always receive because God will continue to pour into your life. And then you're blessed when you give because you see what happens in the lives of others. So that area of financial responsibility is, is something that can 
decrease and limit your capacity if you're not faithful to God and you're not following through with good fiscal responsibility. So these are the six elements. The sum of these six elements, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, the physical, the relational, and the financial, these six areas are the elements of your personal growth potential. And I believe if we will create a framework of intentional focused behavior when it comes to these six areas, I've used these six areas for goal setting. I've used these six areas for evaluation. And I believe if we will be intentional in those six areas, we can increase our capacity and ultimately fulfill our potential. Man, so, so good. Thank you, Pastor Enzi, for leading us through this. And I told I told you before we started that uh, I, I heard you speak on this last fall, and I've literally not stopped thinking about this and these six elements and um it can just help you you know like you said place goals and and um it's a great prayer structure and it's it's uh gonna help our leaders maximize what we can do effectively for the kingdom of god and for our students and youth ministries and our families so so good um thank you for investing in our leaders and and before we go um would you uh, pray over our youth pastors and leaders and that we uh, would take this word in? Absolutely. And thank you again, Preston, for the opportunity to join with you today. I love what you're doing and the way that you're leading and influencing. And again, grateful for everyone who is watching and listening this podcast. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege that we have to serve you and to serve your kingdom. And what a blessing it is to be a part of your body, part of the great work that's taking place in the world today and lives and that are being changed, youth ministries that are impacting culture right now. I pray for every leader that's listening to this call, every youth pastor, youth team member. I thank you for their calling, uh, their response to that calling and making themselves available to you and to serve you and their local churches, some who serve maybe in district capacity, those who are influencing their local communities. I pray that you would give revelation today more than anything else, that you would give revelation right now for every listener, every viewer to be able to see themselves as you see them. If they could comprehend the potential that is within them and could see the destiny that you have designed for them, I believe that that revelation would inspire and, and challenge them to pursue greater capacity in their lives. God, help us to take on this responsibility, understanding that capacity is our responsibility. Help us to see that and to see practical ways that we can increase our capacity through these six elements that we've talked about today. God, I am praying that as we increase our capacity, that you would minister through us, that that anointing, the oil, just as it was flowing into those vessels in 2 Kings chapter 4, God, that that anointing of the Spirit would flow through the increased capacity that we make available to you, God, to increase our effectiveness and our impact in our in your kingdom, in our communities. God, we're praying for that, believing for that today. I pray for the various needs that individuals are facing right now, maybe in these particular areas. Some are dealing with a challenge right now. I'm praying that you would give them wisdom and understanding 
on how to move forward, how to deal with any potential deficiencies in these areas. We thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Pastor Michael Enzi just dropped so much gold into this episode, didn't he? I I encourage you, like we said in the intro, to go back and listen again and take notes and really get comfortable with these six elements of personal growth potential in prayer and evaluation. Uh, It's all about these six. Uh, I've just, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this since last fall when I first heard Pastor Indy uh, talk about this subject, this topic. So I hope the same for you is, is impactful and, and really take this to heart and let's become the highest capacity leaders that we can be, youth pastors that we can be, bosses, managers that we can be, whatever your leadership scope looks like, let's get to the highest capacity that we can. We'll see you next time on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.